This is episode 87 of Actorcast with Luisa Tasconi. Welcome to Actorcast, the podcast that broadcasts the work, advice, and insight of actors, writers, directors, producers, and other industry experts in show business. I'm your host, Patrick McAndrew. Sit back, take notes, and enjoy the show. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of ActorCast. Thank you so much for tuning in, where you are learning the latest and greatest from entertainment industry experts. And today, we have an amazing actor joining us today. Her name is Luisa Tasconi. And Luisa is an Italian-Australian actor and singer trained in the Meisner technique and contemporary and classical singing. She is an alumni of the world-renowned acting school, the Neighborhood Playhouse School of the Theater in New York City. Recent credits include lead actor in the short films Through Fault, which was awarded the Best Australian Short Film at the Pride Film Festival, Blue Belt, which was awarded the Best Youth Short Film at St. Kilda's Film Festival, and The Keys, which was awarded Best Short Horror at Bloody Mirror Film Festival. Luisa has also performed off-Broadway in the premiere musical production of Oceanborn, which was part of the Rave Theatre Festival, and appeared in commercials for some of Australia's highest-ranking businesses, including Fox Footy, Metabank, Combank, and Chemist Warehouse. Recently, she co-founded a new Melbourne theatre company, Mikasa Theatre, and performed in their first production, Tales from the Vault in April 2022. Safe to say that Luisa is coming to the acting industry with a wealth of experience, and I was so excited to have her on the show, especially as an international performer. We talk about what inspired Luisa to become an actor, singer, performer, and what motivated the move to the United States from Australia. We also talk about what her experience has been like as an international performer working in New York City, what she's learned most about herself as a performer since moving, and we also talk about some of the struggles that she encounters just being an actor working in the industry. This episode is a special one. Luisa was so kind and open and generous with her responses to all my questions And I believe that there are some great insights for you actors out there, especially those of you who have moved to the United States from other countries. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of ActorCast, Luisa Tuscone. Yes, I had the opportunity to first connect with you when I was interested in doing the summer program at the Neighborhood Playhouse, uh, which you were incredibly helpful with. Uh, In addition to all the various things that you do, you've studied there, you also work there at the moment. And 
I, I just knew from how you spoke to me that it was going to be a positive experience if I ended up going through with it, which I did. I had the opportunity to see you on a regular basis there over the summer. And so just having the opportunity to learn about you as an artist, a, an actor, a singer, and also being someone uh, with an international background as well in, in do, doing this and working in the States, it's definitely a perspective that I wanted to have on the show. So can't thank you enough oh, for joining a, What me. a beautiful thing to say to start off this conversation. <laughs> I'm already blushing. <laughs> like I'm just... <laughs> So, Luisa, I'm wondering if you could start off by sharing with our listeners just like a little bit about yourself. What was it that got you into the the industry? What inspired you to become an actor or and singer? Was it something specifically or did it kind of build up over time? I would say built up over time and then something specifically. So, I mean, I grew up I'd say there's two elements of my childhood that may have played a huge part in my choice of this path and career. Uh, the first one being that as soon as I like left the womb, I had been listening to music and watching musical theater movies. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure the first movie I ever saw in my entire life was Grease. And it would movies like that, Mary Poppins, Sound of Music, would just like play on a loop in our house all the time. We loved it on VHS. It like the tape would end, and then the VHS player would automatically rewind the tape, and it'll just play again. And that was <laughs> nice. that was pretty much my childhood with many many musical movies. And the other the other one is that my dad was obsessed with home movies, so for as long as I could remember, my dad always had one of those. I mean, I was, I was, I was born in 89. So I was a nineties baby. My dad had that like big camera that he'd put on your shoulder yes. and he would film us all the time, all the time. And, and when we got a bit older and we sort of understood what he was doing each time he filmed us, I'd be like, dad, can we watch this after you're done filming us? And so we just, me and my sister, we just loved performing for the camera and then watching it back on TV the one but I never really thought of myself as being an actor like I remember going to high school and uh I mean in primary school we did um like mandatory mandatory sounds harsh but like everyone was involved in this like school musical but in high school I did do the musicals as well because I thought it was really fun but I thought I wanted to be I don't think I really knew what I wanted to be but I I preferred singing like I was always in the choirs in primary school and in high school but then when I was 14 2004 this movie came out called peter pan and i lost my freaking mind <laughs> so it starred jeremy sumter so for those of you that are listening to this that are also a 90s baby and a woman most likely you'll know exactly the movie i'm talking about because jeremy sumter was most of our sexual awakenings in that film. Um, but that's not the reason that I decided I want to be an actor. It was the girl that played Wendy, Rachel Herdwood. I just became obsessed with this movie. I saw it in the cinemas and then when it first came out on DVD, I got it and I watched it over and over and over and over and over again. And there was something about her performance. I think it was just because it's a magical story or because she got to kiss Jeremy Sumter. I don't know what it was, but I was just, I remember watching her and just thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. And the rest was kind of history. It's just something about Rachel Hurdwood's performance in Peter Pan that made me decide, no, this acting thing, this is what I want to do. So then after that, I 
I took the musicals a little bit more seriously. I did musicals all through high school and then I did a lot of community musical theatre uh, after I graduated high school all through uni. I thought I wanted to be a film editor as well for a while there, so I went to film school, but there was still an underlying uh, passion for acting. And then once I graduated university, I was like, no, nah, I need to really focus on this, this acting thing that I've always been told need a plan B for, but a plan B is just as hard to get into as a plan A. So you might as well just go for the plan A. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So there's, there's my, there's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that uh, Peter Pan is a great story to, to kind of weave you <laughs> in, no matter who is playing Peter Pan. Uh, I think that's incredible. I always have you seen Peter Pan? I haven't seen that Peter Pan. No, no. Oh, but I remember, I remember the commercials uh, being out, uh, for sure, for sure. It, there was definitely hype around it. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I went to an all-girls private Catholic school, so a lot of us <laughs> <laughs> loved that oh, movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love, I love, like, just hearing about, like, what, what thing or what moment kind of, like, propels the person forward to want to pursue this craft because it is, it's such like a wild industry, and I feel like. You know, I've been in it for a little while now, but I feel like I'm still learning something new every day. And so I guess when you got to that point of, okay, this is something that I want to do seriously, was that the impetus that made you move to the United States and more specifically New York City? Kind of. I I remember um, there was something in me, I didn't know, even before I, I reached that point of, no, I'm gonna take this seriously, I always knew I would move to America. I always had this love for America and knew I would live there. Under what capacity, I had no idea, but I just felt like I belonged in America. And I, I, I kind of think that a big part of that is because in Australia, we watch a lot of American culture and like all of our favorite TV shows were American. and. It was just American was just a part of our livelihood, so I, I I guess that was a part of it. But I just always felt like I would eventually end up in America. Um, and then when I decided I want to take the, my career more seriously, it kind of then went into I see myself moving to America, but I didn't see why or how or when. So I'd spent about uh, I want to say almost eight years of doing just community musical theater doing it like dabbling a little bit in short film but I also like I, I grew up in a world where I was the first to want to take this career and go into this world I mean I, I grew up in a, in a world of like teachers and pharmacists and like all these all these uh, careers that are obviously wonderful but they all have their specific steps of you do this you do this you do this and then you, yes. you've made it and then when I tell my family and friends like oh I want to be an actor it's just it's a world no one knew and so no one like people tried and attempted to help me and support me in the ways that they could but a lot of it was me just discovering the pathway myself and what worked for me and what didn't work for me and, and realizing that there is no one way to finding quote unquote success in this career in either an actor or anything in the industry. 
So I had done a lot of community musical theater, which I loved and I loved the community. It was my, it was my heart and soul. Um, my sister and I even did a few shows together, but it got to a point where I felt like a lot of the people that were doing these shows were doing it as a hobby. And, and that's pretty much what community musical theater is. It's a hobby, you know, something to do outside of your full-time job. But I was saying to myself, I, I got to get out of this loop because this is something that I want to do professionally. I don't want to get paid for it. So I realized that even though I did drama in high school and I did a little bit of drama in university, I still didn't know how to act. And that was really hard to acknowledge because a lot of the stuff that in Australia that I had done, I mean, there are other schools that you can go to, but the schools that I went to, it was very theory based. Um, which was important like I learned a lot about like history of theater and space and time and stuff like that But we'd never learned how to actually act and I remember when I was doing musicals I considered acting to be that thing that I did in between songs like that's that's pretty much what it was I just kind of Winged it wung it or just you know just was like ah, oh, it's a scene and now I sing So I knew that I needed training again. I had to go back to school I didn't know where, I didn't know how. And then I got this email from my very first agent who, who I had actually left. They, I'd left them um, for about a year, but I was still getting mail from them, which was really strange. I got an email from them saying, a free Meisner class for anyone that's interested. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, but it's an acting class and it's free. And so I went and um, that was my first introduction to Meisner, the Meisner technique. And I saw repeating for the first time there. And I was like, what is this magic? There was something, I had no idea what was going on. I just saw two people that had done classes with this woman regularly that just got up and repeated. And I was like, it was just moment to moment to moment to moment. And I was like, how, how do I do this? Sign me up. And so, yeah, for about two years, I was doing a lot of, um, like night classes, casual classes, learning about the miser technique a little bit. And then after a little while, I realized that I wanted more because a lot of people, when you go to technique classes, especially in another country, they're teaching it based off of someone else that taught it, that someone else had taught it. So they're kind of like watered down the technique a little bit. And I was getting hungrier and hungrier for the, the, like the rawness, like how Sanford Meisner taught it. So all I did was I Googled, where did this, the Meisner technique come from? And this was in 2015. I had just gotten out of a really big relationship and I felt like I was in like this new chapter of my life. And I thought, I wanna go overseas and, and train. And that's when I found the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York and I was stunned. I remember seeing this website and thinking, I'm not good enough to go to this amazing school, two year program, yeah, right? But then I was like, oh, they have a six week summer program. And I started putting two and two together and thinking I could do this, I could do this. And I sent an email with an inquiry. And then before I knew it, it was 2016 and I was living in New York and doing a six week summer program. And on the first day at the playhouse, I knew I was where I was meant to be. I just belonged there and these were my people and this was my world. and. Yeah, the rest was kind of history. I, I, I fell in love with the school. I got what I wanted, which was learning how to act. Um, the six week summer program was very much an introduction and I felt like a lot of it was me unlearning a lot of bad habits rather than learning new ones. But then 
I went back a year later and I did the two-year program and that's when the real work began and it, it, it changed everything for me. And here I am. I, I, haven't, I haven't left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's amazing it just to just hear the trajectory of your story and then, of course, ending up at the Neighborhood Playhouse and everything that you've gotten out of that. And now you're working as a, a, a professional actor and singer in the city. I'm wondering, just from being someone from a different country, what has that experience been like? I imagine that it's come with its fair share of challenges, but then I guess on the flip side, does it also have advantages? Like what, what has kind of that process been like for you? Because you know, people always talk about how, you know, there's thousands of people in New York City who want to be actors, same thing with Los Angeles, a lot of other big cities in the country. But what is that perspective like coming, you know, from someone who is international? I mean, it can be really daunting. And when I first came to New York to do the summer program, I very much had that mindset of I'm not good enough. This is just going to be a bit of fun. And then I'll go back to Australia and live my life. But one of the things that the school gave me, it was completely demystified that that separation between where I was and where I wanted to be because I thought it was this like magical land that no one that was unattainable but then when I came to the school and I started learning the skill set of an actor and learning about if you do the work and you just don't give up it just it just kind of started seeping into my bones more and more while I was training in the city training made all the difference especially when I did the full-time program because it just made me realize this is doable. This this can happen. Like it just it just clicked for me. Like, oh, this is not a pie in the sky dream idea. Like I can really work and support myself like this. Granted everyone's journey is different, but it just became so much more attainable in New York rather than in Australia where the community is a little bit smaller and you know, it's a little bit different. In terms of challenges of being international, I would say finding an agent or representation can be a little bit challenging simply because it's it's a visa situation. I mean, agents and managers want to, they don't want to get involved in that kind of stuff. They just want to know that you're able and legally able to work in the country. So, you oh, know, wow. making sure that your papers are all in order and, and you know, if you are planning on staying in the country or not staying in the country, like that's the kind of stuff it can be tricky when you're finding representation as an international. I count myself lucky because I come from Australia, a country where the way jobs are approached are very similar to America, whereas I know other people that are from other countries where it's a little bit different, so it takes some time to adjust to how um, you get from, you know, applying for something to booking a job it's a little bit different whereas it's very very similar to Australia I mean a plus I mean that would say I would say that's a, a, um, a con but a definite pro is I thanks to the neighborhood playhouse can say that I have a very good American accent so that's that's definitely something that you need to have if you're an international actor or performer in America but you know, it's a, it's a pro that I have a natural Australian accent, which is something that Americans look for a lot, I've noticed. And um, it's, it's an asset. My accent is... 
and that's not an easy act that's not an easy accent exactly. either and you know in australia my accent is in no way an asset <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, maybe the American accent, sure, but like an Australian accent is not something that's like unique in Australia, but in America, it's, it's wonderful. And again, I, I, I'll just constantly just keep talking about how amazing the neighborhood playhouse is, but they, they taught us a lot of different accents and how to approach different accents. And I, I thank that to my training. The one thing that I would say about internationals is there is a difference between coming here and not training first and then coming here and training first and then going into the world because I I love that I had that time as a student. Granted, I wasn't legally allowed to work, but I had that time as a student to get to know the city and get to know the industry and get to know the business side of it all while training. So it kind of over two, three years, it was as a gradual build up to that. Whereas other internationals, you know, have done their training and they'll come to America and it just takes a little bit more time to find your grounding and get your um, networks and, you know, connections and stuff like that. Whereas I'm so grateful to the Playhouse because not only did they give me my training, but they, I have a family, I have connections, I've, I've thanks to them, I've been able to network and, and now that I um, am a part of the school, I get to meet new people like yourself and do situations like this. You know, I, I feel very fortunate that as an international that I have this opportunity to, to network and get to know more people. I'm just trying to think of some cons as an international because as an international, I find it very thrilling and I love it. I think a, a, actually a, a big con is that I'm so far away from home. That, right, that yeah. Is, that's got yeah, be that I mean, personally, that's that's a con. It's it's quite tricky because I am very close to my family and friends over there. And from Melbourne to New York, that's like the furthest one can be in the world from <laughs> where you <laughs> it are. Is. It really is. They are a whole other yeah, side of the world. Yeah, like really. they're another, yeah. they're like in the future, they're another season, another, like it's just, it's very, very far. Um, so that can be really challenging and a, and a huge sacrifice. I mean, internationals I feel have to really sacrifice quite a bit to follow their dream in America I would say yeah. oh absolutely I always have so much respect for my friends especially those who are actors who are from different countries who come here to you know pursue a, a dream a passion a craft it it takes a lot for sure like just someone pursuing acting is a brave thing to do but for someone to do that from a different country and to like pick up and move to a completely different place on the other side of the world that it is no easy feat and it's amazing to just hear you talk about your experience with that and i love what you were saying too about how because you had the training at neighborhood playhouse you're able to kind of have this community that you formed before kind of going out into the world and auditioning and just everything that comes with being in the industry yeah yeah exactly i i owe i owe so much of who i am as a person and my career i'd like just so much of who i am to the playhouse and and continuously I'm I'm just I'm so so grateful to to have that. I mean, I have I've 
I've, I've always keep saying like I've, I've lived in many different areas in New York over the last seven years, but I've always considered the Playhouse as my home, my number one home in the city. And I, and I, I couldn't recommend it more to any internationals that are wanting to do that is, is just finding your community in the city because it makes a world of difference in a city full of people, but ironically can make you feel so lonely. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. How how do you think that you've changed as a person since moving from Australia to New York and just through all the experiences you've had since you've been here? Oh, man, that is a big question. I mean, I've grown up. I think that's the best way to put it. I matured so much over the time of my training and and it really makes a big difference to be living on your own in another country where the support system you're used to isn't immediately around for you i mean granted they're an internet phone call away but there's only so much that an internet phone call can do so because i've, I've definitely become yeah. way more self-reliant and confident and honestly i will say that the environment and culture in new york specifically i just feel more accepted and more valued and more like i'm with my people and like i'm i feel more like myself here and i think that was a really big difference between um suburban Melbourne where everyone has you know their jobs and their houses and their children and their marriages which I'm not poo-pooing in any way it's more I just when I came to this community where so many people are artists and working in this industry and in their late 20s early 30s um, it just it made a world of a difference and and helped so much with my inner dialogue and like self-love and self-worth I would say that's the biggest thing, really. Yeah. And I, I imagine, too, that those feelings towards yourself inform your your work as a performer as well and how you see yourself as an actor and performer. You know, something that I love about the Neighborhood Playhouse and Meisner in general. And granted, I only got like a taste of it compared to, you know, you doing the full program. But something that really resonated with me is that you're it it's it's full using your full self in in your performance you know and and that so much of who you are is ingrained in the the characters that you're portraying and that, that you're being and and so i imagine that your growth as a, a person has aided greatly to your growth as an actor and singer as well outside of course of the the training that you've done because yeah. that's you know obvious but i was gonna say with the training it's kind of like vice versa like you know the training helps who you are as a person and then who you are as a person helps the training it's just like yeah <laughs> right infinity symbol of of the work yeah that definitely made a difference and then having like um <laughs> this has become just like the neighborhood playhouse podcast but having <laughs> faculty that like that support like i i really felt like a woman training at the playhouse because people treated me as as an adult like an actual adult and 
I never really saw myself as like a mature adult yet. But then once, once I jumped into the training and started doing all this stuff, I was just like, oh, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this. Okay, cool. Need to work on that. But that's cool that I did. Like, it's just, it was um, a lot of self-realization and uh, yeah, just life-changing, literally life-changing work. What would you say are uh, some of the struggles that you come up against? We and we talked touched about the touched on this a little bit, but I'm wondering if you could go into more detail with regards to some of the struggles that you face just as a performer in general. You know, we have a lot of actors, emerging actors who tune into this podcast, who are just trying to figure out this industry because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it is very mysterious there's mm-hmm. a lot of great resources and and people out there that uh are helpful and are able to kind of help teach things but kind of like as you were mentioning before acting isn't like being like a teacher or being a pharmacist where it's a set path everyone's path to success is very different in a lot of ways mm-hmm. So what kind of struggles have you come up against in the industry and how have you navigated those struggles throughout your time? I would say like the, my immediate response in my mind was overthinker, massive overthinker. And that is a huge, and I still, still deal with that. Um, and also I, I am someone that has anxiety so that is definitely something of a challenge that I face in the industry quite often. That's more of a personal challenge in the industry. But in terms of like practically, the one thing that took me some time after I graduated was creating motivation for myself. Um, because this is definitely one of those industries where if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. Because <laughs> no one's going to be giving you anything unless you do stuff. So it's definitely a job that is completely self-reliant. I mean, so I guess the challenges throughout is um, learning like what's the next step and what's the next step and what's the next step. And um, I think definitely patience is a really big one. Like practicing patience can be quite challenging. I mean, I'm definitely someone that once I realize I want something, if I don't get it immediately, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I start to freak out and overthink. Um, like results, results, yeah. results, but it's not, this is definitely a different uh, career path where it just, it's just, the one thing that I learned a lot is like, it's just a little bit and a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit. And then, oh, remember when you did this like back then that you didn't think meant anything? Guess what? It means something now. And then a little bit and then a little bit and a little bit. But it can be challenging because it seems like I'm not really doing anything of value. And then the self-worth goes down. And like if, if there's like a quiet period, like everyone, everyone in the industry says that this stuff comes in waves. Like you'll have... A, a time and a period where everything is happening for you and then you have a lull and then nothing's happening for you. And so definitely a big challenge. I feel like I'm rambling, but like a big challenge is like, what do you do in the lull period where yeah, you feel yes. like you haven't done anything, you feel like that, you know, you haven't trained in a while or you're feeling rusty 
or um, you know you keep auditioning for stuff and no one's booking you or that the rejection as well is something that's taken me a long time to grapple with but I would say in terms of getting out of that what one thing that has really helped me is being an actor you're a creative full stop so you are going to enjoy other creative outlets so and it's and it's been advised to me several times that like you, you you shouldn't rely solely on just acting like dabble in things like video editing which is what i do or singing which is what i do or you know getting to know things behind the camera getting to like maybe get into photography or like i even do cross stitching like it's just little thing like having more life experience in those lull times not only to just keep your sanity but also it'd be it's it's pretty remarkable to see how these little things that you did just to keep yourself busy kind of come back in like a better way when things start to like pick up because then you can say oh i actually have yes. these extra skills now or i can actually do this and i can actually do that that's definitely been something that has kind of gotten me out of a funk because the funks are very challenging but unfortunately a part of the process so in terms of like advice for that is i like to say just do everything especially in the beginning yeah you know just do everything right well and this kind of goes back to what you were saying before about being self-reliant i feel like if there's any career that requires self-reliance it's acting and having this opportunity to as you were saying explore other creative outlets or even just like other things that you're interested in as well mm. i find that at least for me that that's able that that allows me to kind of put things in perspective as a uh, instead of tying my entire identity to acting mm. and my acting career you know because uh, if you go down that could be a very dark path I mean, and look, some people get lucky and then immediately their entire life can be their acting career. And to them, I say, congratulations. And, and that's the other thing is seeing other people that you know or love or like friends, family, whatever, succeeding in this industry before you or, you know, doing a, a little bit better than like it's that can be a challenge because it's it's so easy to compare your path to another creative person's path and rewiring your brain i mean naturally we're all actors we're super dramatic we're going to just be jealous and whatever but like if you rewire <laughs> your brain into being grateful and thankful and being the kind of person you would want to react to you when something good happens to you that also makes a massive difference in your career. And the other thing I wanted to mention is um, in those lulls is looking at the business side of things because you are you are your business, you are the product that you're selling. So doing things like, do I need to update my headshots? Do I need to update my website? When's the last time I added something to my reel? So there's always like little things that you can do and that I've always done. And then saying like, even last year, I went back to Australia for a few months and I knew that in the small amount of time that I would be there, it was unlikely that I would book anything big or do any kind of big project. So I said, okay, I have this time to myself. I'm gonna focus on getting 
really, really good new headshots. So I just took the time and just focused on that. And I asked around about how people saw me as a character. And then I made, I love spreadsheets. I made a spreadsheet about like four different characters that I could look like. And then talked to my photographer about Dan Avard photography. He's amazing. He's based in Melbourne, but anyway, he's wonderful. Your your headshot is incredible. That was Dan Avard. Yeah, he's yeah, it's so good. I was like, this is an amazing photo. Thank you. Shout out to Dan Avard Photography from Melbourne. He's wonderful. Yeah, so that was part of my like project last well spring in Australia, which was like November, October, November, twenty twenty two, because I knew that I didn't. It was very unlikely that I would book anything big because I didn't have the time to do it. So I made that a project. And yeah, that's something that I just wanted to add in. Yeah, being very methodical and strategic with your time. And and like you were saying, we're always going to fall into those periods of lulls. Uh, we all experience that. And using that time efficiently, I think that's it's incredibly smart. Mm. Louisa, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join me on ActorCast. I, I don't only appreciate you taking the time, but I just appreciate your your perspective as an artist and also your enthusiasm and passion for the craft as well. I think a lot of times it's very easy for actors to become very jaded if things aren't going their way, mm -hmm. which like you understand to a degree, but it's always so encouraging to speak with someone like yourself who who has a deep love for the craft of acting and 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 what it means to be an actor so so i i thank you for that as well i i want to make sure before we head out if you could just share with our listeners where they could find out more information about you uh, if you have any upcoming projects down the road uh where can our listeners just get everything about Louisa. Um, everything about Louisa. Um, well, I'm pretty active on my Instagram, which is just at Louisa Tasconi, L-U-I-S-A, no O, very common mistake. And my website, www.louisatasconi.com. I'm not uh, doing anything right now because I'm, I'm focused on uh, getting some visa stuff in order. So I, I don't have anything coming up. But things are in the works for the next few months, which is very exciting. But, you know, in this industry, it could be in the next few months or it could be in the next year. We don't know yet. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, great. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to both your Instagram and website in our show notes. So listeners out there, all you have to do is scroll down, check it out, stay updated with what Louisa is up to. Before we sign off, Louisa, I'm just wondering if you have any parting words of advice for our actors and perhaps our international actors who are tuning in today. Oh as well. boy. I think, I mean, honestly, the first, the first, I'm just going to say the first thing that came to my head, which was if it feels right, just do it. If it feels right, just do it. If it feels wrong, don't do it. Trust your intuition in this industry, yours first and foremost, and then take in other people's advice after that. That's the first thing that came. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's a, a great way to leave our listeners. <laughs> Louisa, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of ActorCast. You can let us know your thoughts on this episode by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I look forward to catching you all in the next episode, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create.